Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport, live from Bloemfontein, as we look back at South Africa's five-wicket win over England in yesterday's second one-day international, which sealed the series win for the Pro Tiers. I'm Neil Manthorpe, and for every day of this tour, we'll be bringing you a new podcast with exclusive interviews, match reaction, and in-depth analysis from members of the TalkSport team. On today's podcast, we'll hear exclusively from England captain Joss Butler and his South African opposite number, Captain Temba Bavuma, and also get the thoughts of England all-rounder Moeen Ali. As well as that, we'll bring you our interval chat from yesterday's game as Andrew McKenna was joined by Surrey head coach Gareth Batty and Derbyshire head of cricket Mickey Arthur to look at the psychology of high-level sport. So plenty to come over the next 30 minutes. You're listening to Following On. Right, without further ado, let's hear now from England captain Joss Butler. He top-scored for England with an unbeaten 94 as they posted a huge 342 for 7 in their first innings. And he spoke to me straight after yesterday's five-wicket defeat in Bloemfontein. Joss, again, there were a lot of very positive things and certainly not many people saw that coming at the halfway stage. Uh, no, I thought it was a, a brilliant game of cricket. Um, that's a fantastic chase, I think, from from South Africa. Um, and yeah, as I said, a really good good game. Um, I thought we were, we were pretty pleased to post 340. I thought, um, you know, probably the ball swung this morning more than we we anticipated. And, and I thought South Africa exposed that um, really well. So to come back and and post a, a really challenging score was was great. Um, but uh, I think credit to South Africa for for chasing those runs. For once, it seems the toss actually made a difference here because there was a bit of moisture in the morning and it did a bit in the, in the morning for the first few overs. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, there, there was some swing and a little bit of seam movement. So, um, and yeah, they, they exposed that really well. So, as I said, to you know, still stay true to our, our way that we want to play and you know, still trying to be positive and, and come through that. Um, I thought Harry Brook played exceptionally well. Uh, Moen Ali played pretty brilliantly as well with, with a lot of um, impetus and, and gave us a real sort of shift in momentum as well so as I, said, I thought we had a, a really good score on the board it was always going to be you know, I think tough to defend but um, 
you know, I think with that one shorter side, it, it sort of always gives the batter an option. And um, you know, Temba Bafuma played really well. And I thought the sort of Markram, Clarsen, and Miller's just sort of managed to sort of get away straight away, which you know we couldn't quite um, build enough pressure on those guys at the start. So, will your bowlers feel down on themselves, or is it just one of those days where you've got to tip your hat to the to the batsman? I think a bit of both. Um, we're always hard on ourselves and always trying to get better. Um, and sort of, you know, when you have those conditions with um, one of the sides, sort of that really highlights your execution and, and where you're at. But um, there's plenty of positives to come out of today as well. In that, like I say, the, in the bigger picture of building towards a, a World Cup, um, you know, Harry Brook confirmed probably what we already knew. Um, and I thought Ollie Stone bowled a, a fantastic spell there. He bowled with pace and um, it was probably unlucky not to pick up more wickets. And finally, a look ahead to Kimberley. Um, I don't know whether you thought about what you might do with, with the team now. At least you've got two full days off. Yeah, it'd be nice to have a day off. Um, that's uh, always a plus. Um, so, uh, yeah, w- you know, it's still a really valuable game. We're disappointed to be out of the series, obviously. But um, as I said before, we, we don't actually have loads of games before before the World Cup. So um, yeah, we, we know we're going to be have a really tough game again and, and we can sort of let uh, today settle and, and see how best to use that game. That's England captain Josh Butler speaking to me straight after yesterday's second one-day international. That five-wicket loss for England was their fifth consecutive defeat in ODI cricket, something they haven't suffered since Owen Morgan revolutionised the team back in 2015. And Butler admitted in his post-match press conference that he's struggling to find the way uh, back into playing 50-over cricket. You know, even myself, I've played a lot of 50-over cricket. I feel sort of not quite used to the rhythm of the game um, and sort of working out when I um, I am looking back now but sort of before that say 2019 we, the volume of fixtures was huge but I think probably the World Cup finals might have been my 140th game around about there um, so having only played 20 matches in in the next three and a half years I, you know, even an experienced player like myself trying to sort of remember the rhythm maybe of 50 over cricket so but as I said can't really use that as excuses we've got to move with the times the schedules and, and stuff are how they are and you know we just need to play a little bit better um, as yeah as much as you can try and look into and obviously you've got to ask why but um you know i think that's that's the crux of it that's england captain joss butler uh, one man who is finding the rhythm in 50 over cricket is south african captain temba bavuma and after scoring a match-winning century in the proteas five wicket win yesterday i managed to grab some time with him to reflect on that innings and just how much it meant to him temba it was obviously um an incredible statement amazing amazing hundred and i know that the victory is the most important thing but it was it was a personal moment as well wasn't it yeah um probably one of my better knocks um in my international career it was a good wicket, so I think that also quite helped a bit. Um, quite emotional, quite satisfactory as well. You pointed to the name on your back, and and then you you beat your chest. Is that my name's Bafuma, and I've got a big heart? <laughs> um, yeah, I'll go with that. Um, like I said, it was quite emotional. Um, I never planned that sep- that um, celebration. I guess for me, it was just to remind myself, probably everyone, that I do deserve to be in this team. But yeah, it was quite emotional. Josh Butler said it was a very good game of cricket, um, and it was, wasn't it? It was. Um, I mean, we got close to 700 runs in the whole in the day. When we asked our bowling coach what he thought of our bowling innings, he says, "Let's see when we go out of bat, and then we'll judge the wicket from there." Um, and I guess it was a good batting wicket um, in the day. I'm sure the fans were 
were were thrilled by the performances from both teams. Um, but yeah, it was a good day out there. A final one for me. Your captaincy has looked outstanding. Do you, has it felt that good? <laughs> I've been been on the beach for the last two weeks. I was saying to Lucy, <laughs> so I've been out the game quite a bit. Um, it does take a bit of a while to kind of get that tactical nuance going again, get that feel of the game. Um, fortunately, you know the other guys have been playing, so bouncing off ideas of the other other guys when I'm not too sure. That helps quite a bit. Um, but yeah, quite enjoyed being in those pressure moments, trying to make decisions to turn the game into our favour. Doesn't make it easy when you're playing against England. They're always coming at you. You always have to be on your toes. Um, but yeah, I think not to blow um, air up my own, you know. Um, I thought it was a good... Tactically, I thought it was quite good. South African captain Temba Bavuma there. Uh, as they kept, uh, South Africa that is, kept their, alive their hopes for automatic qualification for this winter's World Cup after sealing the series win yesterday. As well as Butler and Bavuma, I also spoke with England all-rounder Moen Ali following the game in Bloemfontein. So, Mo, that was a, a well, Joss has just said it was a, actually a very entertaining game of cricket or disappointing result. Yeah, it was, I thought... Um I thought it was, like I said, a very good game. Um, they played really, really well. They're a fantastic side, and we just probably couldn't get those early wickets that would have probably swung things our way a little bit. But it's, it's a difficult one because one guy's got 80 yard, one guy's got 90 yard, and then Stone is ball the way he's bowled today, and, um, and we lose. So it's obviously disappointing to lose, but it was a good game, very good game. Uh, you, everybody always says there are positives, um, even when. There aren't very many, but actually, yeah. there were. Yeah, and, and just and myself, we're not one for saying a lot of positive things when you when we lose. But uh, today was a difficult one because I thought we actually weathered the storm quite well early on, where the wicket did do a little bit more than probably did for the rest of the game. And to get a score like that, I thought we were we did really well to get there. We probably could have got a few more, but just didn't face many balls. I think he went in the 16th over and he faced 80 yard balls. And then I think Stoney was outstanding with the ball today. He's the only guy who felt like was going to get wickets. But like I said, they played really well. I thought Timber was awesome as well tonight. You were hitting it sweetly. All right, not too bad. It took me a bit of time. Um, obviously, 50 overs is completely different to T20, which we've been playing quite a bit. And the intensity is a little bit different early on. But I gave myself a bit of time today. And finally, if Ben Stokes doesn't unretire. It seems that that you the team needs you to bat at six to for the balance. Is that is that right? Probably. I mean, um, just once. You know, he said when the guys retired, like Moggs and uh, Stokes, he wanted me to bat up the order, and I've obviously got to score some runs. And um, because there's so many good players around, and I just want to get a bit of a run and see how we go. That's England all-rounder and vice captain Moeen Ali speaking to me yesterday evening. Uh, you're listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport, live from Bloemfontein, as we continue to reflect on the second one-day international between South Africa and England, with South Africa sealing the series win with a five-wicket win. Next up, we'll turn our attention to the form of Jason Roy, as Gareth Batty and Mickey Arthur dissect what it's like to be in a poor run of form when playing at the highest level. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. 
If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies. In the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm Neil Manthorpe, live from Bloemfontein, as we continue to reflect on the second ODI between South Africa and England, with the hosts securing a five-wicket win to seal the series with a game to spare. Let's hear now from Surrey head coach Gareth Batty and Derbyshire's head of cricket, Mickey Arthur. They were alongside uh, my colleague, Andrew McKenna, during the interval of yesterday's second ODI, as they discussed a whole host of topics, but began by discussing the psychological impact when a player is out of form, in particular focusing on England batter Jason Roy. We're going to be talking a few different uh, bits and pieces, actually. Uh, We've been talking with uh, Mickey Arthur and Gareth Batty about uh, what it's like to uh, be involved uh, with their respective uh, county setups, And we'll also actually uh, look at Jason Roy's comments about how he, he kind of, we touched on this before the game, but we'll have a, we'll sort of review it for, for people that weren't with us uh, at half past seven this morning about how he'd basically gone away and, and refound his, his game again. And I suppose his love for the game as much as anything else, uh, Gareth, which we don't appreciate sometimes. I say we, speaking from the outside, obviously you're very much in front and centre and know how much goes into actually getting a player ready for, for a match. But the positivity on the mental side is probably as important as the, the physical conditioning, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think it starts from its simplest point. Um, it's very much uh, been the last sort of five to ten years, I think, that we've started looking after physically even more than uh, you know we used to do in cricket. So we talk about recovery, but I think we can recover both physically and mentally now, and we don't always talk about that. And I think potentially what you alluded to and what Jason was alluding to was the fact that Um, you know, as a kid, you dream about winning the World Cup or achieving these great heights as achieve them as a young man. Um, then where's your reset? How do you refocus? He's got a family to think about. What are the most important things? You just have to stack things in order, and it's just a computing of where you are in life. And I think that's just a very simple process, an obvious process for a 30-year-old sports person to go through um, because, obviously, life doesn't stand still. It keeps evolving, so you've got to recalibrate I suppose what is important and how you're going to move forward I feel like that is fundamentally what he was saying his skills has never gone anywhere skills have never gone anywhere he's always been super talented he's never really out of form you watch him in a net he's always whacking it he's always in great form generally pretty buoyant around the group so it's just trying to keep the top two inches as as clear as you know we talk about a massage or recovery tights or whatever physically 
it's just the whole MOT, I think, is what we're talking about. I'll tell you what, um, before I bring Mickey in for his thoughts on this one, um, let's hear the audio again. So Jason Roy basically sat down with the uh, the press pack uh, for his uh, press conference uh, looking ahead to this. Obviously, having scored 100 uh, in the game on Friday, and they were talking about you know the highs and lows of everything in between. It, it's been a pretty tough year or so for, uh, for Jason Roy. This is what he had to say to the assembled press. I got back from there and I was, I was just, I all of a sudden hit some sort of, whatever it was, whatever it might be, pulled out of the IPL just because I needed to work on a lot of things in my head. And then from then on in, a couple of months in, I, I started being happier as a person. My cricket wasn't doing well, but I was a happier person. So I didn't really give a about my cricket, to be honest, because I was a happier guy and I was, I was better around. But then cricket started, kept going badly. And then got the phone call, and the 100 happened, and then that was a disaster. And then got dropped from the, the World Cup squad, lost my central contract, got put in an incremental contract, all these things. And it's just like an absolute, it was just like an avalanche of things happening over and over again. And I was just kind of, you start doubting yourself as, as a player. You start then thinking people have forgotten about you, even though you've played a huge amount of cricket start doubting yourself as a guy, start being a bit, like, reserved, which is just not me, <laughs> as you all know. Um, and then, yeah, so, mate, to then come out and put that in a, like I said at the start, in a closet and just lock it away and, and kind of play the way I played yesterday was, was, I'm really proud of myself. Well, there's honesty and there's brutal honesty and then there's what Jason Roy just gave us there. I mean, Mickey... I suppose from a from a, a positive mental side, actually, he's managed to completely co- compartmentalise it. He knows that things weren't going terribly well. He's taken himself away from that, and he's got himself back in a good place. I mean, the way he phrased it, maybe we, we could have found a, a different way to do it. But actually, it seems to work for him. Yeah, well, what a beautiful interview. It, it, it's just raw. It's 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 emotion. You feel a lot of emotion coming out there, and, and that's that's Jason Roy. I mean, Gareth knows him a lot better than I do, but that's that's just the kind of character I see. You he, you never you never out of form. What you are out of though is is you stop stop putting pressure on you uh, on yourself. You start having doubts. There's a lot of external noise. There's there, there's a lot of things that that make you doubt your your right to be in the team I guess and and he went through he went through that whole thing all he had to do though was just get to the fundamentals what was his reference point in batting what was his trigger what made him go and then what tempo did he want to bat with because I thought the more you go out of form and having watched Jason Roy I thought he got a little bit too frantic he got too frantic at the wicket he was always searching 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 trying to go probably probably too early he didn't give himself a chance to get himself in and assess all the conditions. And yesterday, uh, well, yesterday, or was it Friday? Friday, we were talking about his tempo at the wicket. Uh, so we were certainly talking about his decisiveness, his ability to get forward, his ability to get back. And, and once you get all that in tune, it's amazing. You hit one in the middle and everything just flows from there. And, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of worked it out because when he's in that type of form, He's, he's wonderful, wonderful to watch and incredibly dangerous to, to coach or play against. Nicky, you've been coaching international cricket for, for years. So when you've got a player in that situation, how do you, how do you deal with it? I, I guess maybe it's 
the player themselves actually will determine that because there is no one-size-fits-all one approach. Um, is it almost a case of sitting down with the player and saying, how do you, you know, what do you think? What would you like from me as a coach? Yeah, look, there's there's a bit of both because because every player is different. A guy who knows his game inside out, it's very easy to go take him down to the to to, to the laptop, sit him down, and we say, let's have a look, let's check your reference points, let's check your your setup, let's check your trigger, let's check uh, let, let's check the positions that you're making at the crease and then it's very easy to decipher it and work it out from there there's some guys that just get mentally drained there's some guys that actually you're wasting your time taking them to the laptop you're better off just telling them to go away and 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 have a couple of days off refresh their minds and then bring them back into the net so as a coach it's about knowing every one of your players knowing every what makes them tick and how are you going to get the best performance out of them? Because it's it's not one size fits all. I mean, Jason actually said it, as that sort of went on that it was all his problems were nothing technical. It was sort of like the mental side, or you know, just sort of overly overly complicating things. And I suppose you've got to sort of be able to separate those two parts of the game as well. Yeah, and again, that's the reference point you get to as a coach. You know your players. You. you you know, you know what makes them tick, and again, you know where they should be in terms of their setup. I'm talking batsmen now. You know, I think I just, I just think he got too, too frantic, and and it'd be interesting to hear Gareth, Gareth's view on this. But for me, he, he he was trying to do everything too quick, and 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 I, I found uh, certainly with a lot of players that I coached that. 2020 cricket, you want to be always frantic and off you go and you've got to play, play, play. You come back to the tempo of 50 over cricket, it's a different tempo again. It's a long, long game. I mean, we've been sitting here four hours watching or watching an innings. It's a long, long game. You've got opportunity to get yourself in. You've got opportunity to give yourself 20 balls to get in. And for the first time on Friday in a long while, I saw Jason Roy give himself the first 20 balls of his innings and he got in and then played superbly from there on in Gareth you're not going to tell stories out of school I know that I'm going to, not even going to waste my time trying to ask you that but in terms of what you have been doing with Jason you know what what can you tell us you know in the last few months you know what's he done or maybe you know has, has he done anything differently or has he just gone back to if you like old faithful gone back to what he knows best I'm not going to sit here now and say that we've been doing this, we've been doing that. Jace went out and got 100 the other day. Jason Roy did that. For him to talk about how and what have you, that's that's him. He's the one in the limelight, he's the one got got 100. We, it's not our job as coaches, it's our job to try and do whatever we possibly can. The only thing I, won't, I can say is that during last summer when he was around our 2020 stuff, it was a joy, it was brilliant, and he sort of alluded to that in the interview, he was starting to enjoy his game again, that's all we were trying to add to it, we were trying to say, just go out and play, and it said exactly what Mickey just said there, just face 20 balls, if you're none of 20, that's no dramas, I know you'll be 50 or 35 if you bat long enough, it's a simple thing, you have that ability, he, Jason never needs to be frantic because of his natural raw ability. All you want in is just face the number of balls. If we can get 50 balls in you every single time you bat, whether it be red ball cricket or the two white ball format, you're going to be 60 plus. No dramas. Cool in the gang. So take as long as you need. Give yourself as much opportunity. Going back step after step after step. The issue he's had is when he first started with England, it was him and Hales. He was the aggressor. Hales would bat. Then it was Bairstow and him. He was the aggressor. 
or uh, it certainly looked that way. Then he goes his franchise cricket because he's gone for the most money. He's the aggressor. He's the one that always has to take the huge risk. Now, if your role is to always take huge risk, there's going to be some pretty downside. It's just fact. You can't always go into the house and win by just going red or black, red or black, or whatever the gamblers do. So it's kind of the whole process of a reboot and a reset for him was to go, I just calculate everything, be really cool in my private life. I'll go about my similar sort of process batting-wise, and it's as simple as just keep hitting straight back over the bowler's head. The rest of it, I know you can hit it over the keeper's head and through backward point and square leg, but let's not look there first, let's look there. You basically cover off most of your balanced position, and you're going to be an absolute jet. And I think the biggest thing is he's saying he's proud of himself, and so you blooming should be, pal. You've gone through the run, you've gone through the washing machine, however you want to describe it. You've done that, nobody else. You're the one that puts the work in. There'll be other people on the way, just quietly. Say what you need to say to the missus at home and other friends and family. That's cool. But ultimately, he's done it, and he should be the one really proud of himself. Uh, Gareth Batty, the Surrey head coach, and, uh, of course, Mickey, after the uh, the Derbyshire... Uh, you're head of cricket, aren't you, uh, Mickey, at Derbyshire? Um, so, first of all... Can you define what head of cricket actually is? Because no, I don't mean that in a sort of uh, a sort of disrespectful way, but different counties will have different roles for people. So, so what does head of cricket mean for, for you in Derbyshire? Well, I, I guess I do. I, I do Alex Stewart and Gareth Batty's job all all in one. <laughs> wow, there's a lot of zeros <laughs> on your monthly paycheck. <laughs> albeit, albeit, obviously, not on the scale of a of a Surrey. But yeah, yeah. So I guess that is. I've got some really wonderful people that that help me because my admin skills are. I'm a cricket coach, not a not not a massive admin man. So I've got a wonderful uh, a director uh, or cricket operations manager, Dan Wilden, who works with me, and and he kind of picks up all the slack. So you are basically still a tracksuit slash white man rather than the three piece suit and the laptop. One hundred percent tracksuit man. And um, so, well, what we were going to uh, sort of planning to talk to you about was if you like. You're doing basically the same job, but Gareth, you're you're doing it at Surrey with with an awful lot of resources that go with this. Uh, Mickey, you're doing it at Derbyshire with the greatest respect, and um, should we say less resources to work with? Um, therefore, sort of the differences that that you have to sort of do with it. So, in terms of recruitment, Mickey, I mean, how how hard is it to recruit for Derbyshire when you've got not? Warwickshire, Lancashire, all bordering your county and can frankly offer offer players more money. I mean, how hard is that? Well, look, it's very simple. Our model and our plan is 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 to be as good as, as what Surrey's model is. Our plan is to provide a coaching staff that's going to allow players to come into our environment and develop. All players that come into our environment want to play for England. They have to want to play for England. Otherwise, they're not professional cricketers. You can't just be thinking about making a living being a, being a county player. You, you, you've got to have the pretenses to move on. What we, what, what we try to do is, is, is give all our players that opportunity. And we do that through... We, I, I think we've got a wonderful support staff. Myself, Ajmal Shazad, Ian Bell. Uh, and then yeah, you throw in our Chris Harton... Alex Hughes, you know, we've got a wonderful, wonderful coaching staff, but we've got to do things at the level that the top... I always say to any of our players coming into our dressing room, we're training at the intensity of international cricket. We're training, that's a non-negotiable. The other non-negotiable is our standards. Our standards meet the highest requirements every day. Wherever you park your car and you walk in the door, 
these are the standards required of you to be a Derbyshire County cricket player. And the reason I went to a place like Derbyshire was because I saw such an upside. I want, I, I, I want to be a coach that leaves a legacy. I want to leave a legacy there and people will look at the county and say, when you arrived, we were there and now and now we're over here. And, and we do that by, by standards and, and, and allowing our players to develop with, I think, a, a really good coaching staff. We've got a wonderful squad of, of some young players. They, they, they really are very, very talented. And incredibly, when you provide that environment, word gets around the county system. So now suddenly, instead of people either going to Derbyshire for their last, their last paycheck or, or last chance saloon, I want youngsters who've got pretenses to play for England who can't get into the Surrey team to be saying, you know what, I'm going to go to Derbyshire because I see that as a stepping stone for me in my cricket career. In terms of where Surrey are operating, Gareth, um, there's obviously different pressures, but there's also, I guess, more pressures at the same end because the expectation is you spend more money and therefore you need to deliver from that. Yeah, and that, that expectation comes from outside. Our expectation from within comes from pretty much everything that Mickey's just been talking about. We have standards. Um, our our crest underneath it says "Ik din I serve." That is, we live and die by our. And these are our words. From each player, every year gets an amount of time to put um, their take on what "I serve" means to Surrey at that moment in time. That is such a valuable piece that Rory Burns brought in uh, 2017, and we stick with that. And that's a legacy that will go on for a long, long time. But ultimately, it's exactly the same. We're looking to put structures in place that will make us better for now. But as and when, the one thing I did know very, and I was very aware of, now that you've got head head coach chucked on your head, I'm going to get the pin at some point. As soon as we're not great, I'm gone. Whereas before, maybe assistant and stuff, you've got, you've got much more time. So you want to make some changes where you're not changing the wheel, but you want to add for the better. Um, I want players to be desperate to play for England and franchise cricket and literally fly the coop and be as good as they can be because I believe for us one challenge that we have is you can't all play every game and we've got some very very fine players but I want you to try and be better every single day and if we're making you better that means whatever your drive is whether it be international caps whether it be money financially in in different uh, competitions around the world we're giving you the best opportunity to be the best player that you can be now within that I would hope we all come together and the ISERV document brings us into the team requirement um, but it's all exactly what uh, Mickey was talking about, we, I feel like we've got a great coaching staff, Jim Trout and Azam Mahmood, Jay Dernbach, it doesn't get much better than that, uh, I get to lean on Alex Stewart, his, and please take this with total respect Mickey I think he's the best director of cricket in the world and, and some um, so I'm very lucky that I have these people to lean on and bounce off because um, I'm going to get things wrong and I'm quite cool with that but I'm never going to start getting to the point where I'm not prepared to get things wrong because I will ask players to get it wrong I want them to try, I want them to get better and we will find solutions that it doesn't happen over and over again getting the same things wrong but uh, we're kind of we're aware of the very nice position we find ourselves in but by God we will never take it for granted whilst I'm in charge Mickey we're running out of time but there's one question I want to ask you if there was one thing that you knew when you were starting out in coaching that you now know, you know, if there was one thing, one piece of information, one nugget that you could have had back when you were starting off, what would it have been that, that sort of helped you out now? Well, well, I think I think through my coaching career, and I just very briefly started with South Africa and was a very young coach with a very young captain, and we kind of bobbled our way through it um, with a very, very good team. 
Australia was where was was the one that that, that I got wrong, and and the simple reason I got wrong was because I didn't sit back and watch and have a look at the environment before coming into it. I surmised that the South, Afri- the South African environment, the Australian environment, was going to be exactly the same, and you could coach in one way. And and that led to, that led to my that led to my downfall. Got sacked from Australia and went back and reinvented myself as a coach. And then going to Pakistan and and Sri Lanka and now with Derbyshire, I feel I'm the best version I can possibly be of myself now. Uh, Surrey head coach Gareth Batty and Derbyshire head of cricket Mickey Arthur speaking to Andrew McKenna as part of TalkSport 2's live and exclusive coverage of the second ODI between South Africa and England in Bloemfontein. That's it for another following on podcast. I'll be back tomorrow alongside former England fast bowler Steve Harmison for the Cricket Collective. But a reminder, you can hear live and exclusive commentary of the third and final ODI between South Africa and England from Kimberley, the Diamond Oval in Kimberley, on Wednesday afternoon. So do join Mark Butcher and our team from 10.30am ahead of the first ball at 11am. But for now, this has been another edition of Following On. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 